The Last Word with Matt Cooper. In a moment, we'll talk to Martin Murray, the Executive Director of Asia Matters, which promotes business and cultural links between Ireland and Asian economies. But first, John Gibbons is with us again today, our environmental commentator here on The Last Word, because does anything symbolise China's contribution to environmental damage more than the size of the aircraft that brought its premier into Dublin Airport last, last night? The biggest aircraft to ever arrive, one that apparently is half the size of a pitch at Croke Park in length and there to meet him was our Green Party leader and Environment Minister Eamon Ryan. What sort of signal does that send out? Yeah, good evening, Matt. Yeah, I was wondering exactly the same thing. I, I sometimes think, is there anybody else in the cabinet to do any work uh, other than Eamon Ryan? He seems to get pushed out uh, on every occasion, and I was certainly surprised. I don't think that's what most people are thinking, John. They're just thinking, yeah. should he have been the one who was welcoming the Chinese Premier in an aircraft that size, given the likely carbon emissions of it? Yeah, I mean, the aircraft is one thing, Matt, and of course, uh, the far bigger issue is the fact that China uh, currently uh, amounts to or constitutes 30%, basically one in three of every uh, of all global emissions are now from China. And to put that in context, China now, its emissions, annual emissions are now more than the, the United States, the European Union and India combined, right? So China has powered ahead. And it's a great paradox, Matt, because on the one hand, China is also a world leader in renewable energy, uh, but just to, to, to give your listeners a sense of, of how what an incredibly, uh, shall we say, uh, overheating and, and energy intensive economy. In 2022, China commissioned 86 gigawatts of new coal plants, coal fired plants. Now, a gigawatt plant essentially would be a gigantic coal-fired plant. So in reality, that probably represents over 100 new coal-fired plants in 22. In the first six months of 2023, it commissioned a further 50 gigawatts of coal energy. And one of the great ironies, Matt, in all of this is that uh, 16% traditionally of China's power comes through hydroelectric. But because of extreme drought given by, you've guessed it, or driven, I should say, by, by climate change, hydropower is falling in China. It's the, its ability to depend on hydropower is declining and they're replacing hydropower with more coal-fired plants. So Actually, we, then uh, that raises the question, why are we giving up money points? So if our one major coal-fired plant is so important to us, if they're opening up all of these plants back in China? Yeah, this this is the, the eternal uh, conundrum. I guess every country has to do its share. Uh, Ireland, you know, the old what about China thing, it's often used, but the reality is that, uh, as I say, China, on the other hand, uh, 30% of China's combined energy is wind and solar, Matt. So it's a, it's a real paradox. Uh, and it, and in no way were my opening comments intended to, to give Ireland or any other high emissions country a free pass. And I should point out and remind listeners that that the per capita emissions of your average Irish person are far in excess of the per capita emissions in China. And bear in mind, obviously, there are a lot of people in China, number one. And number two, Matt, China is the workshop of the world. All the goods, all those lovely, cheap consumer goods, the electronic goods the, the and all the rest, they're flooding in to Western Europe, into America from the workshops of China. And of course, China is burning all of that coal, a lot of that coal-fired activity is to flood cheap products into Europe. So we, we, we should be aware of what we wish for uh, when, when we want to tell China to behave better. Okay, let's bring in Martin Murray, the Executive Director of Asia Matters. Martin, thank you very much for joining us. Should we be encouraging links with China? Absolutely, yeah, 100%. Uh, I should, um, and 
Happy to be here, Matt, and hello to you, John. Great to hear your input. Um, I should clarify in advance that Asia Matters doesn't... We have no remit in politics. The remit of Asia Matters, we're Ireland's only Asia think tank, we're a member organisation, and our function basically is to build the future prosperity of Ireland by diversifying our economic links to recreate with the broader Asia what we already have, particularly with the US and UK. So it's about diversification. Should we be doing business with China? Okay, let's let's just look at a few key key facts, okay? Let's say we lived in a global village. If the whole world's population lived in a village of 100 people, then basically within that, you know, technically 17.72, almost 18 of those 100 people would be Chinese. Okay? Almost two-thirds. So almost... 66 of the 100 people living in the village would actually be Asian. So we can plan our future without talking to the majority of people in the village. You know, Americans, you know, Europeans be less than 10%, Americans less than 5%. So we can't build our whole economic future just on 5%. So at the moment, Ireland is dangerously exposed in terms of short-term planning by our strong, strong reliance on FDI, primarily from US only, and also exports primarily, um, exports to China and Asia, just a tiny fraction of what we're sending to UK, US and Europe. So we have to balance, we have to re Okay, but Martin, should we not be concerned about two things in particular in relation to the suitability of China as a partner like that? One being the environmental issues that I've already raised with John, given its major polluting status. And secondly, human rights issues, particularly in relation to the treatment of the Uyghur people, whom it is suggested there may be more than one million of them effectively in a form of concentration camp at present. Okay, well, I'm no expert in environment. Uh, John clearly is the expert, but I will say that we did an event in Cork. I come from Cork myself, so we did our, our ninth annual business summit in Cork on sustainability last May. Within that, we had a number of countries, including China, looking at what they're doing, and we had lots of experts, people like John, who know far more than I do. What came out of it was some very interesting things. Um, again, I claim no expertise. Our sustainability lead is a lady called Gemma Corrigan, based in London. She spent several years heading up the sustainability side of the World Economic Forum, so Gemma knows her, her stuff. Um, and basically, she works with governments around the world in looking at, you know, investing in renewable and looking at planning sustainability futures. Um, so that's what we do. Coming out of Cork, we saw a number of things. We, we learned in our expert that we were looking back at the UN Biodiversity Conference, which was held in December 2022 in Montreal, in Canada. And China was uh, there. At that, China committed to invest almost 200 million to establish the coming biodiversity fund. So that shows there's a balance between all different countries. If you look at trade, as I say, we don't do politics and human rights, is that's the remit of the Irish government, the Department of Affairs in particular. But if you look at trade in 2022, there are some figures for 2023, but they're not out officially, so I won't particularly comment on those. In 2022, despite the geopolitics, America and China reached the highest level of trade ever, 700 billion in bilateral trade. In 2022, UK and China, the trade was up 18%, 40% increase in exports, and 11% in imports. That was 111 billion. So, you know, 
most of the world is doing business with China. Why should we be different? Every country has to act within its own interest. And if you look, say, a decade ago, there was very little Chinese investment in Ireland, 3.7 billion in bilateral trade. FDI from China is now approaching 10 billion and it's creating 5,000 quality jobs in Ireland. So you look at companies like Rushi Biologics and Dundalk, they employ over 500. It'll get to um, 1,000. I mean, the difference that that makes to not just the regional economy, but to Ireland's economy. But if you look at the... Sorry, Martin, I know you don't want to comment on the politics of it, but, you know, do we just accept human rights abuses because we're having inward investment made into the country that creates jobs? It's that is not my remit, it's the remit of foreign affairs. It's like somebody saying to me, okay, you should stop, um, I'm not particularly a TikTok user, you should stop, um, let's say, doing using TikTok, for example, okay? Now, I was Ireland's first CEO on the Regulatory Compliance Association, okay? So I spent a lot of time dealing with data protection, etc. And I would be guided, every company and every, you know, country has to make its own decisions based on its own remit, and... But I would be guided if Ireland's Data Protection Commissioner said to me, stop using it, I trust Irish Data Protection Commissioner. And they will impose fines on TikTok, but as you've seen, they've imposed huge fines on Meta, you know, on Google, etc. So I'm guided in areas that are not by remit that people I considered the experts. Out of this visit, you can see from the Taoiseach across the board, there's a strong positivity coming out of it. We have the resumption of Irish beef exports, and let's put this in context. The agri-food sector in Ireland employs 163,600 people. That's 7.1% of total employment. And again, John is the expert in climate, talking to the people I do talk to in industry and in the, in the climate change sector, what what everyone is seeking is climate neutrality, but that's economically viable. Okay, well, go back to you, John Gibbons, because one of the things that was announced today, and we are told that President Michael D. Higgins and Taoiseach Leo Varadkar both raised human rights concerns with the Chinese Premier on his visit. We don't know for how long or whether they were really listened to, but we're told it was done. So the big celebration seems to be that beef exports to China are back on. So what do you make of that? Yeah, um, they first of all, Matt, they're not very big generally. Uh, Irish beef exports to China, the, probably our, our biggest uh, in, in the in the beef and dairy sector. We export about a quarter of a billion in, in milk powder to, to China. We're actually the second largest importer to China. Uh, total agricultural uh, exports from Ireland is 722 million in 2022. These are they're not vast numbers. They're not huge numbers given the size of China. So relatively speaking, it's not a it's not a colossal market. But if I could briefly come back to the, your point you, you made with Martin earlier about human rights. I mean, you know, you mentioned and rightly so the, the, the human rights issues in relation to the, the Uyghur population. But you could also point to the Western powers that are currently arming and uh, rearming uh, Israel as it uh, flattens Gaza and ask the question, you know, should Ireland be trading with Germany, for example? Should it be trading with Britain? Should it be trading with America? And I suppose we tend to have a very Western-centric view uh, of, of uh, human rights. We tend to, to, to be quick to waggle our fingers 
at uh, people like Russia and China for their human rights uh, breaches. But we tend to look the other way when it comes to what we perceive to be our allies. But some of the, I mean, what, what, what we've witnessed in Gaza, and I know you've reported many, many times over the last three months, it's unspeakable. It's probably the worst human rights disaster of the 21st century. And yet uh, that disaster is being funded, supported and politically backed by what we call the West, Matt. So it really is, I think... So if we, were to, if we were to maybe have morals and standards, we'd be doing business with nobody, is it? Well, you see, that's that's exactly my point. I think we need to be super careful about, and I'm sure the Chinese are not here to make their argument, but they would be saying the same. Don't, don't, don't lecture us about human rights. Uh, have you had a look at what you guys are doing over in, in with Israel and Gaza, please you know, save us your morality. Uh, your morality is completely selective. And this is the issue. When we, when we have a la carte uh, morality, then don't be surprised when Putin or, or, or the Chinese uh, president turns around and says, uh, we, we will not be lectured by the West because the West upholds its own standards on human rights uh, only when it suits its interests. And as I said, we've had a collapse really in the, the I suppose, Western, if you can call it standards, uh, an absolutely catastrophic collapse with two million people uh, facing starvation and death. Uh, while we in the West, not only are we not, not intervening, Matt, we're not even, we're actually actively supporting it. Now, I know Ireland hasn't taken that view, but we've refused, for example, to back the, as you know, to back the South African moves in the International Criminal Court. And presumably we're doing that because we're trying to stay on side with who we perceive to be our trading partners. But I think it's critical to say, let's be consistent and say we're doing that because of our uh, commercial and financial and economic interests. We're not doing it based on human rights. And on that basis, what right have we to, to say to China how it manages affairs within its own borders? John Gibbons will be back with us tomorrow for his regular last word on the environment. Thank you for being with us this evening. And Martin Murray, Executive Director of Asia Matters. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today,